Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 27. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fellow entrepreneurs, my driving passion at Entrepreneur on Fire is to share the incredible journey of inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. We are here to support your journey, so go to eofire.com and join the Fire Nation email community. I have some great gifts that you will find incredibly helpful, and we are always creating more for our valued Fire Nation subscribers. And now, give it up for our five-star reviews. James Lopez, Dave Stakowiak, Daniela Bow, Laura from Florida, and PJ Jonas, Goat Milk Stuff. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and I look forward to thanking everyone who does the same. Okay, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Natalie Sisson. Natalie, are you prepared to ignite? I definitely am. Natalie Sisson is a Kiwi entrepreneur and adventurer. Her specialty is ensuring that entrepreneurs find creative ways to run their businesses from anywhere using online tools, social media, and outsourcing. Natalie travels the world running her business from planes, trains, boats, and cafes while literally living out of a suitcase, thanks to building an online platform with The Suitcase Entrepreneur. Natalie, I've given a little overview of your business. Why don't you tell us a little more about who you are and what you do? (laughs) Where do I start? So I literally live out of a suitcase and travel the world. I don't necessarily always have a plan of where I want to go. I'm very much driven by countries that I haven't visited, summits, conferences of people that I want to meet in places um, that I either have been to before or haven't, and sometimes very much driven by ultimate Frisbee tournaments, which is one of my passions. So along with running a completely mobile business, I love to create more freedom in business and adventure in life for people. So that's it in a nutshell. And the accent is because I'm from New Zealand. Right, which is also the reason for the Kiwi, correct? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Awesome. And you do definitely live an exciting lifestyle, which everybody can find at The Suitcase Entrepreneur. And Natalie, we always start to show off here at Entrepreneur on Fire with a little motivational quote. And at our pre-interview chat, you did mention you had something a little different for us. And I'm kind of excited now. Uh, You were kind of leaving me hanging. What do you got for us today? So I'm a big fan of the Star Wars trilogy and Yoda. Um, especially. And I just love, love, love. There is no try. There is only do or do not. And I say it every single day to people that I meet who are like, oh, I'm trying to do this or someday I'll do this or one day. And I was like, there's no one day. There's no someday. There's no try. Just do it or don't and just get get going. So it also motivates me on the days when I'm making up excuses for not taking action. I love that taking action. Now, You definitely have passed that along to other people in your life. How have you used that in the last three or six months in your actual business to get you going when you were kind of having a little lackadaisical day? Yeah, well, I guess uh, it's been pretty tricky and it's a constant challenge living a life on the road because you don't have any routines necessarily. It's quite hard to get disciplined when you are constantly moving or potentially going on flights or just having a different day every single day. So I tend to become very effective and productive 
when I'm on the move. So I love working from trains and planes and buses um, in airports. And I guess I can never, ever have an excuse not to take action. So when I have no online connectivity, it's great. That's when I take the most action. I actually get stuff written. I create content. I produce um, products or programs. You know, it's when I really get down to the nitty gritty time or plan out my business and what I'm going to do next. And I think that's always a great way of taking action. The other way I take action is to, wherever possible, um, instill a little bit of a routine in my day, which normally starts with getting up and meditating even for just five to ten minutes, um, and from there journaling and doing some exercise. So trying, trying, not trying, I am doing um, by putting my priorities first, which is the sort of health and fitness and mindset. It doesn't always happen, but that's how I attempt to take action on a daily basis, no matter where I am in the world. Okay, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but let's zoom down to ground level. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you travel around so much. So take us to a place within the last six months that you were traveling. Give us some visuals, some verbal visuals so we can picture ourselves there and something that you actually did to embody your Yoda quote. <laughs> well, here we go. I'll take you back to when was it around March through to May of this year. I was actually cycling through Africa. So if you really want an example of taking action, I was on the road for two months cycling around 4,000 miles. Every single day we were pretty much on the bike doing um, sort of 60 to 70 miles plus a day. And my business was running in the background because that's the way I'd set it up. So a good example of um, being in strange places every day, camping at night, getting up in the morning really early, like 5.30, 6 o'clock, well, it seemed early to me, to get on the bicycle and just ride for hours and hours, um, seeing different scenes, encountering different cultures, being in the heat of the day sometimes, um, sometimes having elephants cross your path like it was crazy going through around eight or so countries in Africa. And I guess that really proved to me that was one of the biggest tests of running my business at the same time that I was off having an adventure. Uh, because obviously, as you can imagine, there was very little internet access. Uh, when, at the end of the day, the last thing you wanted to do was jump online, and often I didn't have any way of doing that. So it was really um, a great example of having prepared well beforehand with blog posts, with podcasts, um, with telling clients where I was going to be and what time zones and how much um, connectivity I had, and just really making sure that my business you know, had these great foundations to run on. And it was a big, big test, and it worked really, really well. But for a while there, I was pretty uh, pretty worried. I was like, oh, have I actually set up a suitcase entrepreneur lifestyle that is exactly what I say it is? So that was a maybe a different example to what I experience on a daily basis, but certainly one of the reasons that I've created the business that I have. No, thank you for sharing that visual with the elephants and just biking <laughs> in Africa. I just had a friend that got back from me a trip to Namibia and the pictures that he just posted on Facebook were incredible. I mean, you're, you're literally on these Humvees or in your case, bikes where you are not that far from actual real life action that's going on. Lions taking down giraffes and what all these things are going on. It was some really crazy things. And I definitely commend you for your adventuresome spirit. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like this was a little crazy. I mean, we did that on safaris and things, but you didn't just come across lions on the everyday cycles. I think that would have been scary as heck. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said he was terrified a couple of times. He's sitting on top of like the little Humvee seat. They have like a little on the on the dash, and he was just within 20 to 30 feet of these situations that were just incredible for a lot of reasons. Very cool. So at Entrepreneur on Fire, 
we really tell the story of the entrepreneur. We like to delve into your journey as our spotlighted entrepreneur. And every entrepreneur at some point in their life has come across a failure. They've come, they've come up to a challenge. They've had an obstacle that they've had to overcome. One of the three, all three have happened. And we don't let these obstacles, challenges define us as entrepreneurs. Instead, we really use them to either change directions or propel us forward in a, the current direction we're moving into. Can you tell us about a failure or a challenge that you've had in your journey and how you reacted to that? Oh, yeah. Where do you want me to start? <laughs> <laughs> I think I fail on a, on a pretty – well, no. I used to fail, I think, more on a regular basis, and I wouldn't even call it failure. Um, I was just reading a book, which will be my recommended book at the end of this, but uh, the other day, and they were talking about how they get sick of hearing people going, use failures for your lessons learned. But um, I kind of agree with them, and I kind of don't, because some of my biggest learnings have come out of what I didn't do enough of during a launch or even when I started my business. And I think if you can take the lessons out of that and apply them to all the great things that you're going to do the next time around, plus the great things that you did that did work, then you're just going to become more and more successful. But, uh, wow, failings. <sighs> I just think pushing yourself out there every single day and testing things and tweaking and refining is kind of a form of what I do to get past any limitations that I have. Uh, but specific ones would be, well, for example, last year I was in Buenos Aires and I just moved there. Um, I moved there for the challenge of living and working in a different country where the language wasn't my own. And... At the same time, I decided to launch one of my biggest sort of products and online programs, and it was just truly difficult because I hadn't considered the impact of being in a different speaking country, of the settling in time, of just trying to figure out the infrastructure there, of where to work from, of where to get decent Wi-Fi, of all the things that unsettle you when you go to a new country. I mean, it's pretty exhausting and tiring just because you're getting used to the new surroundings. And I put a ton of my effort into this product and program or so I thought and I thought I took all the right steps from what I'd learned and it just uh, it just kind of went down with a it went down in a oh, it just didn't go very well <laughs> I can't even think of the term that I want to use today and I was really disappointed and I remember just being on my bed in my little apartment in Buenos Aires actually crying which I don't do very often and going oh my god I'm a failure I suck it didn't work and I think what I actually really had was massively high expectations and I hadn't even given it time to sort of permeate. I still had a very small community at that time and I'd just gone out to them and nobody else. I hadn't employed guest blogging. Um, I hadn't done any advertising. So I was really, truly relying on my small community to come forward and jump at the chance to buy the guide or the premium site. And because it didn't all happen on day one, I just I felt like I'd absolutely massively failed. And then, as I saw, it just takes a little bit of time, and then people started buying it. And my, I looked, you know, I looked up, I guess, and I was like, you know what, this is just the foundation of something that I've started on. So often, I think it comes down to expectations, and the more you can prepare in advance, the better for sure. But uh, don't ever stop or forget to celebrate what you have done and how far you have come, and completely focus on where you're going next and how you can keep on improving on what you've done. Because that feeling of uh, having sucked at something or failing is just horrible. But use it as fuel and motivation to do so much better. And from there, I've just gone on and on with product launches and done so much better and seen all the things that I do each time to improve on that and make it more of a success. So once again, coming back to failures, I do think they're actually really useful. 
<laughs> great for your mindset, great for um, strengthening you as well as what you think about yourself and your skills and for making you assess, stop, and really look at what you're doing to make sure it is the right thing and where you can do better for next time. So setting expectations was a general lesson that you learned there, and that's such a great lesson. I, I really try to apply that every day in my life as well. Do you have a specific lesson that you can share with us um, from that failure? Um, yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, we often just try to do every single thing ourselves, and we also aim really high because, of, you know, I always think you should. I always think you should be your best possible self and put out your most amazing work. Specific lesson learned from that was to actually realize that you're a human being and that you cannot do it all alone. So reflecting back on that, I would have employed, I would have got a small team around me. I would have probably employed some experts on affiliate marketing, copywriting, and even the setup and delivery of the launch. So at the time I had a smaller budget, which is probably why I didn't. But often I look back on that and think, well, had I invested more and just really put it out there, I think the dividends and returns would have been far more than they were at the time. So a lesson learned is that even if you think you're just acting in isolation and doing everything yourself, it's just not the route to success. You really, really do need to work in with other people, whether that's joint venture partners, whether that's freelancers and contractors who are part of your team, or whether that's just one other person who holds you accountable to what you're doing and mentors you along the way. I I absolutely love working with other people now and I've come to realize that it's the way that I do my best work and I'm never going to be in isolation again. Like a lot of what I do, I love doing by myself, but I have a team now and I have a, a great group of support people around me and people that I look up to and that I mentor and vice versa. And that has been by far and away the best move that I've made to surround myself with those people. Let's jump ahead for one second here since we're on this topic and I'm really intrigued by this team of yours. Can you just kind of quickly lay out the team that you have built around Suitcase Entrepreneur? Yeah, sure. It's still small and I love it. And uh, some are still purely on board just because they love what I do and they've stepped forward and given up their time, which never ceases to amaze me. So whenever I seem to start a new project or initiative, I get people who hear about it, read about it, and then step up and go, hey, I want to offer you some of my time. And the way I reward them if they don't actually want to be paid, which sounds amazing, is by mentoring and coaching, um, giving them access to my products and programs so they can learn and and rewarding them with bonuses as well. Um, but I just think it's amazing that they do that for you. So I have a podcast specialist who's learned all about podcasting in order to edit and polish mine off, uh, which is wonderful, and post and publish it. I have a lady working with me on my $100 change initiative and she's doing um, some of the comms, reaching out to some of the change makers because I was contacting 100, right, so it's quite a lot. Um, looking at the press around it, also some of the communications outputs that we're doing and working on blog posts to get the news out and spread the word during the next three months. I have a virtual assistant who I've had on board since before I went to Africa. So I trained her up and she does around 10 to 15 hours a week. Um, takes away a lot of the time that I used to spend on my site in terms of publishing and optimizing blog posts, updating tools and resources and pages, um, even sometimes editing my newsletter. And some social media outreach. Most of that stuff I do personally myself. And I also have a WordPress programmer slash guru who's transformed my life um, took him on around three or four months ago where I used to do all my tech work myself and now I can just hand it over to him and it's brilliant because 
even though I was good at it, it just wasn't an optimal use of my time. So he really helps out by tweaking things on my site, which is a never ending story <laughs> for most people, as you know, it's one of the biggest ways that people are actually attracted to you in the first place. So you need to have a fantastic website, but that builds over time. So it's a good little team now. And then I have um, two accountability partners that I speak to every two weeks, plus my business partner in a mastermind program that I run that launches once a year. And her name's Natalie McNeil, and she lives in Canada. And we hold each other accountable every week. We have regular calls. We do regular coaching calls with our mastermind. And I feel like she's like my business partner on this other aspect of what I do. So it's really great to be able to bounce ideas off her, work with her. And whenever one of us is kind of lacking in energy for any reason, the other one never is. And I just love having the dynamics of being able to work with somebody else that I trust implicitly and admire and get on really well with. So it's an interesting setup. Uh, plus, I have uh, my own coach because I do coaching. And so this year I took on a coach myself because I think any good coach should know what it feels like to be coached and should also needs to be coached themselves. So that's pretty much my team in a nutshell, I think. Okay, well, I'm up to like 14 people now, so I'm not sure how small this team is. <laughs> no, it's pretty much, it's, uh, I would say, I have, so I have two contractors or part-time people that are part of my team, and then I have two who are just giving of their services because they're amazing, who I mentor and coach. Um, so that's pretty much my main team. Outside of that, the rest is all around people who I talk with regularly and bounce ideas off and brainstorm with. Right, and I had Amy Porterfield on the show recently, and how she describes her team is mighty and small, which I really like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I don't know why people are obsessed with growing so big all the time. It's never been my idea to just grow so huge that I need a staff of 50. I love being nimble. I love the light, lean startup model. And uh, for me as a traveler, like I'm all about just packing one suitcase and going anywhere with that. And the same with my business. The less tools I use, the more streamlined it is, the better. Truly, you have to know your business model and growing past a certain point can absolutely be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So let's move into the next topic. And this is the aha moment. So we've already talked about a few small aha moments you've had, a couple larger size ones. But in the journey of an entrepreneur, we are always coming across these little light bulbs that are just coming on and we're seeing the light where before it was just dark. And these little aha moments are inspiring us forward, moving us in different directions, propelling our businesses forward. Can you just pick out one brilliant light bulb moment that you've had in your journey and share that with us? <laughs> I'd love to say it was brilliant. You know what? Actually, I had it more recently and probably after I got back from Africa. When before that, I'd been obsessing a little bit about how do I grow this? How do I make more money? Why, you know, you're always comparing yourself to other people doing things, going, why aren't I at that level yet? How come I haven't done this? How come I haven't seen this much success? Et cetera, et cetera, which is a natural part of being a human. You always want more. And I got back from that trip and I bounced back into my business with tons of enthusiasm and energy. And the more people I talked to, the more they were just like, oh, I'd love to do what you're doing. You have like the perfect lifestyle. You get to travel all the time. You get to run your business. You get to have fun. And I guess the more people who are saying that, I mean, there's definitely people who don't want to live out of a suitcase. I get that. But I was like, you know what? I've already got it all. Like, I've got the life that I wanted, which is doing exactly what I'm doing. I love helping people every day to build and start an online business. I love telling them how they can do it from anywhere. I love ensuring that they get to creating more freedom and adventure in their life and building a real lifestyle, right? And I realized that I had the lifestyle that I wanted. And I 
often ask my question ask myself the question if I were to win the lottery tomorrow what would I do and I thought about it, I was like well I do what I'm doing so does that mean I've already won the lottery like I, I know it's just this whole theme around what is enough and what is my ideal lifestyle and I realized this is it like I absolutely love what I do and I feel so lucky and privileged to be able to do it I worked hard to get to where I want and I could go bigger and bolder and have tons more revenue and tons more clients and tons more team and accountability and responsibility but that that's not what I'm looking for I have to live and breathe the values that I have around freedom and adventure so that was a bit of an aha moment sometimes I have to kind of like pinch myself and go hey remember you're lucky you're living you're living the dream and you're doing exactly what you want and sometimes I think people forget that they never are um, satisfied with what they have and they're always living in the future rather than enjoying the present. Well, I congratulate you for reaching that moment. That's a great place to be. And you obviously have many more years to enjoy that moment. I, I got to hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, Natalie, you are rocking and rolling in your current business as you were just chatting about. And it's such an exciting place to be, just feeling so good about what you're doing and the value you're adding to other people's lives. What's one thing that's really exciting you about your business today? Right now, um, I think is that there are just so many possibilities and ways for people to do just what I'm doing or in their own unique way. So I think we've never lived in a more exciting time for having a business that you can take anywhere with you for using online tools, social media and technology to be completely flexible and mobile. And I'm really, really looking forward to the day when corporates uh, recognizing that more and allowing people in nine to five jobs to be able to work remotely from home, from cafes, and actually be more productive and effective. I'm looking forward to seeing nimble businesses like ours um, being able to take on the corporate giants, which I think they can already do just by economies of scale and the technologies that are available to us. And I'm really looking forward to <laughs> um, not only in my business, but in general, people adopting more of this lifestyle-based business where it is about lifestyle as much as it is about doing work that you love. I think there's too much stress in the world right now. There's too many people who are addicted to being online and connected 24-7, and I think we're going to see a bit of a rebellion and backlash to that, and I hope that that is going to be about living a more balanced lifestyle. So what excites me most is, I guess, possibilities, always about possibilities, and in my particular current moment of business, it's my $100 change initiative that I've pulled together to inspire more people to just take action, which we talked about at the beginning of this, and start, like start on that project or that initiative or that business that they've always wanted to start on and have put in the someday pile. Uh, so that's what my $100 change initiative is all about, based off Chris Gillibo's $100 startup. And uh, I'm just really loving the energy and the possibilities and the momentum that that's bringing to me personally right now and will to my business and hopefully many other people's. So Natalie, being the suitcase entrepreneur, this next question may be more difficult for you to answer than for most people. But <laughs> at Entrepreneur on Fire, we really try to pull back the curtain of what an entrepreneur is because it's a mystery to so many people. And that's kind of one thing that's holding them back. They just can't imagine what an entrepreneur does day to day especially for you, you probably rarely have two days that are identically the same as you're traveling around different places, different experiences. But we still come back to commonalities that we all are doing every single day or multiple times per day. 
Can you just pull out two tasks that seem to occupy a large part of your day? <laughs> I think I'd like to focus on two tasks that I use every single day or I do every single day that bring me one step closer to having a more successful business and lifestyle. Perfect. <laughs> um, I think the two would be around focusing on the top two priorities of the day and they are normally around producing epic content or media that is going to reach out and help a lot more people. For example, working on a podcast episode, working on some fantastic blog posts to go out or working on video content, always, always, always related to the defining theme of the Suitcase Entrepreneur brand. And the second thing behind that would be offering value to others and helping others. And may sound really naff, but I've noticed when I'm consumed with my own world, that's all I tend to get stuck in and it doesn't bring a lot of benefit. The minute I start thinking about, well, who else can I reach out to today and help or who can I send a thank you note to, a quick hello, um, send a, a link to a blog that to that person that they'd probably really appreciate. So I would say the second most important task is, I don't really want to call it networking, but I would say it's building relationships. Because Engaging. Every thing that, exactly. Every single thing that you do every day always comes back to you in some way. The person you helped out yesterday, the person you're reaching out to today, the person you're mentoring, the person mentoring you. It's just always about nurturing and building the key relationships. And I'm not talking about necessarily social media ones. Um, for sure, your community is very important. But just some of those meaningful relationships that you want to deepen and really get the most out of. And I think if you can invest your time in anything, it would be on creating great content and value for others and then creating more opportunities and value for others through your actions. So Natalie, you just said that you were really excited about the place that we're at right now in the online world. It's a very exciting time and I could not agree with you more for a number of reasons. What is the vision you have for the future? What's exciting you about the future of this online world and of Suitcase Entrepreneur? Ooh, uh, I am really, really looking forward to it becoming more mainstream. That might sound really odd because it might do me out of a business, but I was writing a, my book proposal the other day and the publishing house who asked me to write it <laughs> just didn't quite get it. So they came to me going, we love the concept of what you're doing, write a book proposal. Um, and then when they went through it, they're like, we're just not sure people are ready for this, Natalie. We're just, we're not sure that people can really live just in the online world and have a truly virtual business. <laughs> and I um, I was laughing because I was like, you know what, five years ago, Tim Ferriss wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. And ever since then, there's just been this multitude and plethora of books and content and blogs and websites popping up about people doing this very, very thing. Well, let me, so, uh, let me cut in here real quick, Natalie, because yeah. that was the first thing that popped up in my mind too was Tim yeah. Ferriss. And mm -hmm. a little FYI for the listeners, he went to 30 publishers, all of which turned him down for the four-hour work week, which has since led to a revolution. And finally, number 31 gave it a go. And we all know what's happened since then. So <laughs> Exactly. I mean, your publisher is either behind the times or needs to get with it, or you need to find another one because you, these are the times. So I just, yeah, I wrote back to him and went, thank you so much for your time and your valued input, and you're clearly not the publisher for me. Not in a horrible way, but honestly, you want to be working with people who get what you're doing and see the potential. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty funny. So for me, I'd love to see it becoming more mainstream. I, I really... I find it so frustrating when I meet people who are so trapped in the current situation. They've got themselves into massive debt, mortgages, car repayments, everything. And all they've ever wanted to do was just kind of like travel the world or 
you know, work from home or work from camp, or just have more freedom, right? And they've dug themselves into this hole and they don't think it's possible to do it. And I want to make that, um, I just want to bring those barriers down and show them that that's not true at all. So I would love to see more people working the way I do or working in a more flexible mobile way. That's my vision for the future. And I think it's entirely possible. I'm a, not a fan of corporates at all. <laughs> I'm not a fan of bureaucracy and politics. So for me, it's all about, you know, living your best life because we have very limited time on this earth. So we've got to make the most of it. That is an inspiring mission. And I will join you fully with that. <laughs> Thank you. I've recently had uh, Adam Baker on the show with Man Versus Debt. So when you're talking about how people have found themselves in these traps, the thing is, is that a trap is really all within your mind as well. And he really just could not say it better so I don't even try to but basically they found themselves in this horrible trap and they forced themselves out of it they didn't let any excuse get in their way they had just had a baby they had a two-week-old baby they were eighty thousand dollars in debt they focused for one year made it happen sold everything and went backpacking throughout your country New Zealand Australia and then just continued to live their life they would not let themselves be quote-unquote trapped so He's a great inspiration for people that want to reach out to find themselves in that situation. Manversusdebt.com is a great place to be. So let's go into the final round, which is the lightning round. And this is actually my favorite part of the show because I'm able to ask you a series of questions where you're going to come back with some amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? Okay, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) What was the number one thing that was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? My limited mindset that I couldn't do it, that I didn't have enough knowledge, that I didn't have enough expertise, that nobody would really want to learn from me. It's a load of bullshit. <laughs> you are your best asset. You can do it at any time, and you always know something that somebody else would really like to know. What is the best business advice you've ever received? Uh, well, I don't know if it was from somebody directly to me, but I love, love, love Oscar Wilde's quote, which is just be yourself because everyone else is taken. And when I forget that, I tend to become somebody else and I'm never as successful in what I'm doing. So always, always be true to yourself. Love that. What is something that's working for you or the suitcase entrepreneur right now? I think, uh, being, well, actually, just speaking my mind and being opinionated. I didn't do that for the longest time, I think. And I think the more authentic you can be, I know people talk about authenticism all the time, but just be yourself once again, have a strong opinion, really, really live up to your values, focus in on your value proposition and what you love doing, and that will come back to you um, as many ways as it possibly can, and you'll be able to influence many other people. All right, you left a hook for us earlier in the show, so I'm excited for this next one. What mm. is the best business book that you've read in the last six months? There have been a few, but I'm currently still reading, and I should have read it years ago, Rework, which is by Jason Fried and David Heinmeier Hansen, the guys behind 37 Signals. Basically, it's changed the way you work forever, and I just love it. Like Every single page I'm reading, I'm like, uh-huh, 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 that's how I think. Um, and they have absolutely flipped the... I guess they flipped the model around. They totally challenge you to view being an entrepreneur and being in business in a totally different way to anybody else. So I would suggest you get a copy of Rework. Love that book and their software, Basecamp, High Rise, Backpack, all inspired. They're all meant for the 
solopreneur, that person that just wants to be on the move and collaborate with people around the world. Phenomenal people. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. This last question is my favorite, but it's kind of a tricky one. So you can take your time, digest it, and then come back at us with an answer. If you woke up tomorrow morning and you still had all the experience, knowledge, and money that you currently have today, but your business had completely disappeared, leaving you essentially with a clean slate, which is exactly where a lot of our listeners find themselves right now, what would you do in the next seven days? Wow. That's a great question. I, oh, I had seven days. <laughs> I'd go on a holiday, of course. No, I would. Uh, well, in some ways, I probably would. Having, if I had all the knowledge and experience that I have today, I would probably just go, what is one of the craziest things that I've always wanted to do and just make it happen? I don't care if you have to take on, you know, a loan or borrow money from your friends, etc. but go to those people who know you so well and believe in you go and do that crazy thing that you've always had on your mind. Because I love the quote as well, which is, when would now be a good time to start? Um, if there's one thing, you can never start soon enough on whatever that is. So I would go after the very biggest, boldest thing that you've ever done. Because even if you fall flat on your face, <laughs> once again, you've still got foundations that you can build on. You've still got people who love you no matter what. And you've still got the skills and talents to go out and do it again and do it again and do it again until you hit on that formula for success. So I personally would probably go on a round-the-world trip and create some crazy product or program out of it. Like I would literally just fly by the seat of my pants and conduct interviews on planes and take footage on planes and turn it into something that people could really benefit from. That sounds like fun, actually. Maybe I should just go and do that. I would expect no other answer from the suitcase entrepreneur, Natalie. So thank you for that. And honestly, thank you for joining us today. You've given us some great actionable advice and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one last piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug and then we'll say goodbye. Ooh, last piece of guidance. Don't ever stop having fun. It's too easy when you're an entrepreneur to just get bogged down by all the details and things you think you have to do. But if you went into business, you went into it because you were passionate about what you were doing. You loved it and you wanted to have more fun. So don't ever, ever forget the fun. And a little plug, I would love for you to support the $100 Change Initiative. Uh, you can find it over at suitcaseentrepreneur.com forward slash change. Essentially pulled together 100 amazing change makers from around the world to give 100 days of wisdom and insight $400, and that's all being reinvested back into 10 scholarships. So it's all about giving back to entrepreneurs, probably the people who are listening to this right now, um, and it's based around the premise of that you can actually start something pretty special for just $100. Awesome, Natalie. Thank you again so much, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Fire Nation, thank you so much for joining us today. My one call to action for you is to go to eofire.com join our email list, and receive our ever-growing supply of gifts to include WordPress video tutorials, an entrepreneur quiz with complete diagnosis, and access to our weekly newsletter. Also, for that entrepreneur ready to take it to the next level, visit ignitemastermind.com, join our elite mastermind community, and watch your business or business idea explode. Thank you for joining us at EntrepreneurOnFire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.